Welcome to the Relationship Visionary Podcast. In this podcast, I will question anything and everything you have ever learned about relationships. So if you have very traditional views on relationships and you want to keep them, now is the time for you to turn off. Hi, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the Relationship Visionary Podcast. Today, I want to talk about processing feelings, which basically means how to feel a feeling and how to do it right. In the last episode, I talked about what feelings are and I talked about why we have them and also about some of the things that a lot of us believe about feelings but that are not actually true but which make our relationship with feelings so much harder than it needs to be. So if you haven't listened to the last episode yet, I'd recommend you do that before you move forward with this one. Just because it gives you the context for this episode, understanding like what, why we're even doing this. Why am I even telling you how to process a feeling? Yeah, so in the last episode, I said that uncomfortable feelings do not necessarily equal suffering. And I promise you that I will talk about how you can be with an uncomfortable feeling without suffering. And this is what I'm going to do today. So the point of this episode is for you to get an idea of what needs to happen for you to really process a feeling, meaning how to be with it without suffering, like what needs to happen for that and how, and a couple of like steps, ideas on how you can do that practically. Then I also want you to learn the difference between processing a feeling and simply drowning in it and how to recognize which one you're doing. Just because this is a, like, it's like a trap that you might walk into when you start, when you try to like work with this exercise and yeah, just to know, is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? And then I also have a little disclaimer at the end of the ex episode for you where I'm just going to like talk about why this exercise is not for everybody and not for every type of feeling and when you should not do it or definitely not do it alone and potentially get help. Doesn't mean that it's not going to work for your case. It just means that maybe you shouldn't do this alone. I want to start this episode with a personal story of mine. Because there is a personal motivation behind my obsession with feelings and my absolute conviction that we all, as humans, need to learn how to deal with our feelings. I actually believe that this will be the next step of evolution, that we learn how to really be with our feelings. Because I think that we've just reached where we can possibly get at this point as a as a collective and everything all these issues that we have and even wars and i don't want to like get into the details because i can already see how i'm going on a tangent here but so many problems in the world are because people do not know how to deal with feelings almost all of them i would say like i walk through the world and i see it play out everywhere not just in relationships but like everywhere yeah so i mean there's a personal story behind why I even I'm even on this path and how did I even come to the conclusion that this is what we all need to do and it starts with me 
having a lot of anxiety at all times. And I'm kind, I'm actually convinced that if I had gone to see a psychiatrist, that they would have diagnosed me with a anxiety disorder. I just never went to see anyone for this. I mean, I did try a couple of options for help and nothing worked. But yeah, I was never diagnosed, but I'm pretty sure that I was, I could have been diagnosed because anxiety was in my life a hundred percent of the time, 24 seven at all times, every moment of my life, I was anxious. Like maybe there were a couple of moments where I wasn't anxious when I was maybe on vacation and had nothing to do, but doing anything at all interacting with humans, working, studying anything I could not do without anxiety. I had no idea how to do that. It was just normal, meaning that it was my my reality, how I knew life. And I, at some point, thought, okay, this is how it's going to be. And not only did I feel anxious all the time, which mainly meant for me that I was constantly worried and kind of like jumpy and nervous. I would always say that I'm nervous because in German, we don't really have a word for anxious, which is so funny because I think a lot of Germans are anxious, but I would always say that I'm nervous and I would have all these stories in my head and all these thought loops that would tell me how all the horrible things that were going to happen. And I don't want to bore you with all the details of all the different things that I was worried about. I was worried about everything all the time and I was constantly trying to control my environment to prevent whatever horrible thing my brain was suggesting was going to happen next so that was the main thing that anxiety showed up in my life as but also very annoying thing that it also made me have was this constant stomach knot that was always there which was which I later learned my way of not feeling anxiety or like trying to not feel anxiety because I was still somewhat aware that I mean I was aware that there was anxiety I was I was still anxious right I was just trying to like push it down in some way which then led to another like a whole other story of like different symptoms and horrible things that ended up with a diagnosis of irritable bowel syndrome which basically just means that you have all sorts of symptoms in your stomach that nobody knows how to explain so I went through gastroenterologists colonoscopies and what's the other one endoscopy like I was I did all the things and they didn't find anything like tested for for intolerances food intolerances and I just had stomach aches I I had like I was just feeling horrible at all times and I couldn't eat and I almost developed some sort of eating disorder which uh, wasn't me trying to lose weight but it was me trying to not have stomach aches the whole day so which led to me almost not eating and like every, it was it became this whole thing it was just horrible so that was another thing that I had because of the anxiety and then I also had all sorts of tensions neck tension shoulder tension uh jaw problems like pains in my jaw but also like problems with my teeth my my dentist was like I have to reduce stress but I didn't know how to do that because I was anxious always no matter what was happening right so I had those like these like tensions, which also led to headaches. And I actually did have migraines a lot in my teenage years, which was before I got this plastic thing that I sleep with now to prevent the teeth grinding. And that's when the migraine stopped. So it was clearly connected. But yeah, headaches. Still, sometimes I get a headache when I when I when I do not properly process something because I sometimes slip and go back into my old 
habits, which is totally normal. And then I get a headache and I know exactly why I have a headache because there is tension building up because I'm, because I'm resisting a feeling. Yeah. So that's mainly what happened to me. And of course I had extreme problems with insomnia. Like I could, there was a period in my life and I believe that it lasted for a couple of years where I, and I'm not lying. This was really, this is really how it went down that I wasn't sleeping for three nights a week. That was horrible, (laughs) but I had no idea how to, what to do against it. And nobody knew why. And in the end, it all came down to anxiety. It also led to me being distracted, unable to think at work or in college. Like I don't even know how I came, how I got through university. I did, and I did have good grades, but only because my anxiety was also telling me that my life depended on the grades and the, the, the like passing, passing of exams. So for some reason, I was able to function in that mode, probably because I really thought that my life depended on it on some level. Yeah, but I was really distracted. And oftentimes I was like dissociated from my body. I don't know if you know how this feels, but like this, when when you're like in a situation and you're not really there and you just feel like everything's happening like a movie in front of your eyes. So I had that a lot also, which was when my my brain, like my nervous system really just took me out of the experience because it was too bad. So now, you know, my personal story of suffering, which went really on basically my whole life, um, mainly like it started in my teen teenage years. I don't know when it started, but that's what I remember. I remember having it when I was 13 for sure. I don't know before that. And then it, it was my whole 20s, like until like I learned that I can simply feel a feeling. That was the moment that my life really changed forever. And that was when I went through life coach training at the life coach school. And I learned for the very first time in my life that. I can just feel the anxiety. Like I can just sit with this feeling and feel it in my body. And to me, like now saying this, it sounds so simple that it's almost stupid. But I didn't know this. I had no idea that I could do this. And I immediately knew in that moment even though it didn't magically make all my problems go away, right? But even though like I still, it still took me like years to completely find a long-term deeper solution for my anxiety. I still, in that moment, I knew that this was the solution to a lot of the problems that people have, that I had for sure, but also that everybody else had. And so I started practicing this and I started really exploring it and learning more about feelings and trying things out. And everything that I'm teaching you now is really a product of lots of stuff that I learned, but also a big, big portion of me really applying that and trying things out and figuring it out. So I definitely practice what I preach. Coming back to to my story, like this moment when I realized, okay, I can actually do this. And I saw the effect that it had when I started feeling the feeling is what led me to go on this path of studying trauma and getting certified in somatic trauma work, because I, I just really noticed how immense the impact of this work was on the quality of my life. And um, the more I did this and the more I worked and the more the more I worked with it and the more I also went deep and I started looking into the actual root causes in myself 
a lot of these issues that I did not have a solution for and that no doctor knew why I even had them or could do anything about them, they started to get better. And some of them are completely gone and I just don't have these problems anymore. And some of them, when they come up, I know what to do and I know why they're there. And it's so amazing to me how simple and obvious this is and how most of us just don't see it. And in my opinion, as I said before, everybody needs to know this. And this is why I'm sharing it in this episode. And even though this is a relationship podcast, and of course, everything I'm teaching you here is specific stuff that makes it will help help you improve your relationship. And I know most of my clients have anxiety, jealousy, all these strong feelings that then get in their way and cause trouble in their relationships. This work can be applied to anything. Like if you have a stressful job, then this is going to help you. If you have issues in your family, this is going to help you. So this is not just for relationship feelings. This is for all feelings, okay? Now I want to talk about how to actually do this. I already basically told you in one second what the solution is, which is we just feel the emotion in our bodies instead of trying to prevent it, trying to doing whatever your brain is telling you that you need to do to get out of it. You just sit with your own body and like feel what's going on. Consciously and purposefully allow and experience energy moving through your body. That's it. And of course, this may be very simple and I wouldn't have to do a whole podcast episode on it if I didn't have more to say about this. So I wanted to give you a little more information, some steps, some ideas on how you can actually do this. So here it comes. What we do in order to process a feeling is, first of all, like you can imagine that you have a little spotlight and that is shining to the outside all the time, right? You're like shining your flashlight, spotlight, whatever you want to say. You're shining to the circumstances on your in your surroundings and you're looking at what's happening and how you have to react to that so that spotlight you'll turn it around and you shine it onto your own body and you find the feeling in your body you find it where it is you find where in your body you feel anxious you feel jealous whatever it is you feel pain you feel sad find that in your body and then you sit with it you invite it. It's very important that you have an inviting energy when you do this, not like, okay, I'm just going to sit with this because I want it to go away. No, you just invite it. You say, okay, I'm going to see what anxiety feels like. And I'm going to like really experience this. And you start exploring the sensations in your body. Like you start exploring what exactly the quality is of these sensations and where in your body they are. And you see if they have a shape or a color or a or material, or if they move, or if they don't move, and you just get to know it. And then, in the next step, you also get to know the story around these feelings. Like, what is the story that your brain tells you when you feel that way? What are the thoughts that it suggests? You build a relationship with the part of you that feels this feeling. There's a part of you that feels this anxiety, for example, in my case. And that part of me told me, for example, you're going to get cancer. 
And so I build a relationship with that part knowing, okay, that's the feeling. This is how anxiety feels in my body. And, and those are the things that it's going to tell me. And I just recognize that and realize, okay, this is what this part of me looks like. And then you mentally separate the story that you got to know now that you now know belongs to this part in this feeling. You separate that story and the feeling from the triggering situation on the outside. Usually there's something that happened on the outside that brought up this feeling in you. So in the next step, once you have started like to feel it and you know how this feeling feels and you know what story brings, then you separate that from the triggering situation and you recognize, okay, this is just a feeling. This is just emotional energy. And it is not directly caused by whatever I think it's caused by. And it's also not harmful. It's just emotional energy. Why do we do this? Because most likely something old got triggered by the triggering situation, the outside, and it, the feeling is not actually about that situation. So the problem with that is that most of the time, and I said this, I think I talk, talked about this in the last episode when I talked about the theory about feelings, is that most of the time we think that the feeling is directly caused by whatever happens on the outside. It could be, for example, your partner. I'm going to use an example from the, from the jealousy world because that's what most of my clients are dealing with. So, for example, you saw your partner um, on the phone and you get this feeling in your body. And now you have all these thoughts. Oh, they're probably texting with someone else. They don't like me anymore. They're going to leave me. They're cheating on me. And if you do not look at the feeling, take responsibility for it, and separate it from the triggering situation, what's going to happen is gonna, you're going to start doing stuff about it. You're going to like, maybe you're going to pick a fight. You're going to tell your partner, what the fuck are you doing? You're cheating on me. Or you're going to start asking them weird questions. Or maybe you're just going to wait until they leave the room and then you're going to start going through their phone. And then who knows what the consequences of that will be, right? But in the end, you're probably not going to get a nice outcome. And you're probably also wrong because what if they weren't talking to, to anyone concerning? What if they were just doing a, sending a text to their boss or something? You know, whatever it is, very li likely whatever you're noticing on the outside that you think is the reason for your feelings is not actually the reason for your feelings because the actual reason for your feelings is that there's something inside of you that feels very unsafe and very threatened and that is looking on the outside to find the reason for that or to find the threat to find the danger to make sure that it doesn't happen or like whatever it depends on how exactly this part thinking and that um, depends on your individual case so i don't want to get into details about that but your partner on the phone is not the reason for you having for why you're having that feeling and that's why it's so important to to separate that and so instead of saying something to them checking their phone whatever you are going to shift the spotlight from that spotlight was shining onto them at the beginning of shining onto them you can imagine your partner on a stage sitting on the couch with the phone in their hand that spotlight you turn it around and you shine it on yourself and you realize what's happening you separate that from them sitting on the couch and then you breathe and you just allow that sensation in your body 
and you can see if, if the sensations wants you wants you to for example let's go back to the anxiety feeling anxiety around your partner on the phone see if that anxiety wants you to make movements for me it's often shaking or like moving back and forth a little i might look like a total nut job when i do that but it really helps process the energy or maybe you want to shake or get up and like jump whatever your body wants to do with this energy because what we need to do is we need to we need to get this energy flowing you need to get this energy moving through your system we gotta like notice it we gotta allow it we gotta like feel how it feels in your body and we have to allow this energy to move and that's it so basically that's that's how you process a feeling and if you manage to do this i promise you your life will get easier and of course this is not going to solve all your problems as i said before that was the start of my journey that wasn't the whole journey and if you really want to get to the cause and to the to the root of why you're even having the anxiety, because that's a different story, right? We're now working with the anxiety that is in your system and that is being triggered. If you want to get to the root of that, you're probably going to have to do some deeper work. And that's when you reach out to me and <laughs> we will find out together what's behind that and we will work on the root of that problem. But this episode is really about a feeling that happens in the moment that we don't know where it originally comes from. We just know it definitely comes from somewhere inside of you. In the absolute vast majority of the cases, you don't need to react to that feeling. We don't need to know exactly why it's there. We don't need to know why you have it. It can help for you to separate the story from the situation, but we don't actually need to know. What we need is to shine, to like switch the spotlight, shine it on ourselves, take responsibility for the feeling and allow that energy to exist and to pass and to let it do whatever it wants to do in terms of movements okay sometimes it's also not movement sometimes it's just a change of position like i found myself a lot in fetal position when i was processing deep pain feelings for example so it can be different types of movements i've just used the example of anxiety because yeah that's what i most deal with with my clients and also because this exercise is excellent for people who have a lot of anxiety and now, because I also used the example of jealousy, uh, this jealousy situation with the partner on the phone, maybe you're thinking now, well, what if, what if I'm right? What if something bad really is happening? I want to be stupid. I don't want to just like sit here and deal with my feelings while my partner is out there cheating on me. In that case, you're still going to be able to deal with it later. This is, of course, in case you're not in an active danger situation, like being chased down the street by a potential murderer, for example. In that case, please do not sit with your feelings, but run. But usually there's no urgency. And especially anxiety will tell you that there's urgency and that you have to do something like right now. That's normal. The feeling is associated with your survival drive and it thinks that you're in acute danger and it wants you to do something about it. But you get to use your conscious brain and realize, okay, I'm not actually in life-threatening danger right now. Just look around you and see if you're like immediately in danger of being killed. And if you're not, you don't have to react. There will be time to respond later, not react, but respond purposefully. Don't have to do anything. Like you can still address this later. So you have all the time in the world to sit with your feeling, process it, come to a calmer state, and then 
if you do this, you will actually be able to be calm and grounded when you face whatever the situation is, instead of starting a fight or withdrawing or whatever you usually do, or, or yeah, making some stupid decisions that you later regret. So there's really no loss in postponing whatever you think might be a better thing to do, whatever your anxious brain is telling you, or any other feeling relate, like any thoughts that come from this feeling that is part of the story that this part of you is telling, you can postpone that and you don't have to react right now. You probably take care of it much better when you do it from a calm place. So now we have an idea of the basic principles of how to feel an emotion. And now I want to talk about basically how to do it right or how to know that you're doing it right. And this is something that I wanted to include because of a, a question that a friend of mine asked me not too long ago, which is actually a great question. And she asked, but how do I know if I'm processing or if I'm just suffering? And I want to address this here because it's a very important distinction to make that is crucial in whether or not this exercise will be beneficial or it's just not going to move you forward at all. Remember what I said in the last episode that this exercise is going to help you process a negative feeling, like be with an uncomfortable feeling without suffering. So even the usage of the word, like even that the fact that she called it suffering already gives me an idea of what might be happening for her, right? So that's she's probably not really processing the feeling, but she's probably just drowning in it. But to get clear what she meant, like when she said suffering, what she meant is her nervous system going into overwhelm. And what that looks like is that you get stuck in the sensation that you get stuck in this feeling in your body and you're just not able to get out. And you're like completely stuck into this and you believe this story and you're like 100% identified with this emotion. We do not want this to happen. Just for everybody to be clear, we do not want this to happen. This is not processing a feeling. This is not beneficial in any way. So I want to give you some signs that will tell you if you are actively processing. Like what is the, what do we want instead? So what we want when you're doing this exercise and you are processing your feeling, turning the spotlight, what we want is some sort of awareness that what you're feeling is just a feeling, is just emotional energy and that it's not absolute. And this is not just for the feeling. This is also true for the thoughts or main, probably even more important for the thoughts. Because what, what happens, as I just said, is that we get lost in the story. So we want the awareness that what we're feeling is just emotional energy passing through, that it's not harmful. But we also want to have the ability, which comes from the same type of awareness, we want to have the ability to see any thoughts that come with this feeling as just that. Thoughts that are being suggested by this feeling and that belong to this part of you that carry this feeling that have has nothing to do with the actual circumstance in which you are. And most importantly, that these thoughts are not the absolute truth. They might not be true at all, but it might feel very true because they are accompanied with this feeling that tells you do something, do something, do, th do something. There's something really terrible happening right now. And this is not just for anxiety, right? If you're stuck in a 
I'm not good enough emotion. That's that's also a hard a hard one to get out of because that one will give you all the reasons that you've collected over so many years and all the perceived truths about you that will make it hard for you to question this. And this is why you need this awareness. And you don't need to question the thoughts or anything. I, I'd actually suggest don't question them because you're not going to be able to in any way question them when you're in the feeling, but just have some sort of awareness that is observing, that knows, aha, I'm feeling a feeling. Aha, that's the story that comes with the feeling. Yeah, so that's mainly, that was like a summary of the science that will show you that you are actively processing the emotional energy. You're not identified with this part of you, not completely at least, and you're able to stay present in the body and you feel the vibrations of this energy moving, knowing that that's just, that's what it is. And you're also not looking for a solution on the outside. Like you might still have thoughts that are telling you, oh, I should do this. I should do this. I should do this. But you don't follow them. You recognize, aha, okay, cool. I have this thought that's telling me that I need to go check my partner's phone because they might be doing something shady. But you also know, okay, that's just coming from the feeling that is not something I need to actually be doing. As soon as you start following that and you start considering it and you start making plans for how to do it, you're out. You're not processing. You're identified and you're being swallowed by the feeling. So I guess the main the main ingredient is probably presence and awareness. And that is something to practice. And it might not work right away because most of us are not used to doing that either. That's also something that I teach my clients that we work on. And usually in our time together, they start developing that presence more and more and more. But maybe you already have it and you're already going to be able to do it. So just try it. But I also said at the beginning of this episode that there will be a disclaimer at the end about when to not do this alone. And this is very important. And I really want you to listen to this. Because I also said this in the last episode, that it's not for everybody and some feelings are really, really strong and are tied to deep traumatic events. And it's going to be very hard for you to do this alone and you just might dig up all these horrible emotions that maybe you didn't even know that you had. Or you might not be able to access them because your nervous system shut you down. So maybe you're just not going to like be able to access them in your body, but you might also be able to access them and then get stuck in them and not come out anymore. So it's very important to be careful when you do this exercise. I don't want you to be scared of it. I want you to try it out, but I want you to proceed with caution. I want you to be also in this, in the process of trying it out. I want you to have a lot of awareness and yeah, observe, be present with what's happening. Whether or not you're going to be able to do this alone depends a lot on the capacity of your nervous system to process feelings. And this capacity will be higher if you have practiced this a lot, if you if you feel safe in general in your life and, and you don't have like anxiety, for example, at all times, it's going to be easier for you to process an anxious moment than if you're like constantly anxious all the time and you don't feel safe at all. It will also depend on, like your capacity will also depend on how much stuff your nervous system is already dealing with, which is what I just said. Like you're always, always anxious. Your nervous system is never in a calm state, it's going to be much harder for you to stay present with an emotion than if you do have some sort of safety and some sort of anchor and you know how to get there. And this is something you can practice. And this is also something that I teach my clients. So no worries if you don't have that, if you're noticing, oh shit, I don't, I don't 
know how to do this and I feel like I have no capacity at all. I'm like already at my limit. That's when you reach out to me too, because this is what I'm, what I help my clients with every day and there are ways to do it. Don't worry. It's also going to work for you. Then whether or not you're going to be able to process a feeling is also, will also depend on the quality and intensity of the particular emotion. And now I'm going to bring up the topic of trauma again, because essentially that's where our emotions come from. Some type of traumatic event in our past, most of the time. And I see trauma as being on a scale, like there, like you can imagine you have a, a line that starts at zero and then it just like goes to infinity. And depending on where you are on that scale, on that line, with that particular emotion that you're trying to process, and also in general, like how much trauma maybe your system has in general or is carrying in general, depending on that, it will be easier or harder for you to, to do this exercise. And then it also depends on your surrounding environment. Like, do you feel safe? Do you live with an abusive partner? How is your support system? Do you have a lot of people around you who are going to react negatively if you start dealing with your feelings? And if maybe you're not totally in a good mood all the time, or if, if you tell them that you're not coming to something, like how do people around you react? Like, because these things can become triggers in and of itself. And then that sends your nervous system into overwhelm or like the capacity just goes down and you just don't have the safe environment or like this, the sense of safety that you will need in order to do this exercise. So there's a couple of things that this depends on. So it's not for everybody in every emotion, but this applies to when you do it alone. Okay. So everybody can do this, but some people or some situations just require outside help. Like me, for example, or somebody else who knows about the nervous system and who works with embodiment and who works, yeah, works with like processing of emotions in the body. And I just wanted to give you some indicators for you to know that you should probably not do it alone. And that is number one, if you feel unsure about where you are in terms of the preconditions that I just talked about, like all these things that need to happen for you to be able to process a feeling. If you're not sure about that, then maybe just there's probably a reason for that. And then maybe reach out, reach out to me and tell me about your case and I can, I can help you. Then um, second, if you are worried about getting sucked into an emotional state like depression, like maybe you've already been diagnosed with depression or any other mood disorder and you know you have been in states of emotions, not just like a moment of strong, heavy emotions, but you get sucked into the state and then you don't get out for weeks then please don't do it alone either because this can happen. I mean, there there's probably an emotional reason for why you have a mood disorder or why you have depression. And you might actually be digging up that root cause when you do this exercise. And then you might need the outside support to get through it. And to be clear again, this work is always the key even if you have depression, even if you have a mood disorder, but I'm just saying, then just don't do it alone. Make sure that you're safe. Make sure that you have somebody to get you out in case you are getting sucked into it. Another thing or another sign that maybe you shouldn't be doing this alone or that it's time to reach out for help is if you've tried it and you feel like you get stuck in there and you don't have any relief, even after practicing it several times and you just feel like something's not right. 
Or if you have tried it several times and you just can't seem to find any feeling in your body or you can't really feel or connect with your body at all. Those may be signs that this is just too much for your nervous system and that you're just not able to to do it alone. And that's why there's help available. People like me, we know how to work with these cases that are not so simple, but I still want to encourage everybody to just consider it, try it, think about it, and just feel if there's anything that tells you, I don't think this is a good idea. And if that's not there, just try it and see how it goes. And then just reach out for help if you feel like you might need it. That's all I had to say about the disclaimer and about why this can be, there can be cases where you might not be able to do this exercise alone. But if you, for example, as I've already mentioned a lot throughout this episode, if you feel anxious a lot, this is the perfect exercise for you. And for my jealousy people out there, this exercise is what you do when it overcomes you. Instead of doing what the feeling tells you to do, like asking questions, stalking social media, or checking your partner's phone, this is the, the fire extinguisher. This is the first thing that you do before you do anything else. And if you do start making a practice out of using this exercise and applying what I just taught you, I promise you, you will see how the heaviness of your experience will dissipate and how you are going to be able to stay with feelings more and more. And you're going to realize that is not that bad. Because what stays is the pure, raw experience of the emotional energy passing through your system. And that really isn't a problem. If you really get good at letting this energy flow, you will notice relief and you will notice that it's totally doable. And a feeling is not a problem. I think this is a very good quote to end this episode with. A feeling is not a problem. A feeling is just energy passing through your system. I hope this episode was helpful, and if it was, please leave me a review. On Spotify, you can now rate the podcast too. So do that. I would be happy about that. Also, let me know what you think. Like, send me an email, connect with me on Instagram or on Facebook, and just let me know what you think. I'm always excited to hear from you. Even, like, let me know if there's a topic that you would like me to address. I'm happy to do that. Also please come back for the next episode. Bye-bye.